This is Reimagining Healthcare, a podcast about innovation in the healthcare industry. It's a show for healthcare business owners, for healthcare professionals, for industry investors, and health tech entrepreneurs. On the show, I talk to health tech and healthcare innovators to uncover how they're reimagining and building a world of seamless digital healthcare experiences and how that fits into people's lives. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos. Last time in part one of two of this interview, Ben spoke to me about the origins of HotDoc and building a foundation around known patient engagement pain points at the time and beyond. In this part two of two of the interview, Ben and I discuss the evolution of patient engagement in areas of clinical matching and asynchronous engagement techniques, such as intakes, surveys, reports and feedback, and so on, as well as Ben's take on what the future might look like over the next five years and beyond. Let's jump in today and where you see it going. Yep. So patient engagement just has like incredibly nebulous definitions and, you know, academics kind of perceive it more as a sort of a co-design process for health systems. Uh, the way that HotDoc sees it uh, is like a, a really helpful way to communicate more effectively and empower your patients um, through some sort of digital technology. Um, I think that like where is HotDoc today? We've done a pretty good job in GPs to help um, deliver better patient care uh, and you know, help make some GP clinics more sustainable. Um, something that we think about a lot at the moment is just patient access across the board. Uh, the median time to see a GP has gone from four days to, to 10 days just over the last six months. While I don't know the actual data, um, I talk to my mom a lot and other, other GPs and psychologists and are very aware that there is a real issue in accessing um, mental health um, and other allied care uh, in the country. And and it's like there is a real challenge with with supply and demand. Um, so we're, what we're really interested in in working with other partners and trying to help solve is, is how to improve access, um, how to help patients not just find, but also match with a provider that is right for them, how, how to help that provider provide a really good service and outcomes in a way that might be more efficient. Um, I sometimes think that this, this like appointment system of healthcare where a provider and a patient, you know, once upon a time had to be in the same room. Now at least they can do have a consultation uh, via a phone call or through a screen. I still think there's an archaic component to that. Sometimes I think it's really important, but sometimes I think you can deliver amazing healthcare asynchronously. A patient has a problem, they're looking for advice or they're looking for a script or they're looking for maybe some, you know, counseling. That that can be delivered in a way where you don't require that patient and the provider to be around each other at the very same time. Um, and I, I think that's something that I'm really interested in in looking at. I think there are ways that providers can sort of wrap up their services uh, in more digital ways uh, that can provide better experiences to the patient uh, and also make their own businesses more sustainable, um, not requiring them to sort of to spend an hour at a time with the patient when you know, that might not be uh, a necessary thing that they need to do. Yeah, it personally resonates a lot with me. Um, I, if I can't 
get healthcare in a convenient way, given my busy schedule, I just suffer, you know, and, um, <laughs> and naturally get over it over That's a period of time. Yeah. But if it was, mm. um, if it was able to happen, you know, in line with my, my schedule, competing priorities, um, in a place of my choosing, you know, um, to the extent mm. that it can, then yep, done. You know, it's, uh, it can happen. And I also do really like asynchronous communication because it's, um, it tends to allow me to, um, respond and deal with the information at a time and place of my choosing and convenience. Um, but I agree with you on, there's still that need to be in the same place at the same time. Um, but there's a difference between being recommended 10, 10, in-person appointments versus three and then seven online, you know, that you can, you can still, you can, you can see the pathway towards being able to incorporate a modernization of the engagement model where uh, the um, hardened approach of we must see you in person can give way to occasionally we need to see you in person, but in between there's these other ways that we can engage with you that will, um, get you to the end goal, um, as well. And, um, and I could see some tremendous, uh, time motion cost savings to the healthcare industry by not having to deploy people one-on-one in person every single time and sort of work on a one-to-many type basis. Um, so you've mentioned a couple of the things already just in the, in sort of backstory you talked about, I think uh, you mentioned online bookings and recalls, uh, but in terms of today, uh, when healthcare providers come to hot doc to activate some of the, um, tools that you have right now, what else, what else are you doing right now? What does it, what does it look like today that can be deployed to go towards patient engagement? Okay. So I'll talk about GPs and then I'll talk about allied Um, GPs. We have bookings, reminders, recalls. uh, We have waiting room functionality. We have online payments. We have telehealth. We have a vaccine module that makes it much easier to sort of to work through patients getting consent and booking and being communicated uh, about that workflow. Um, There's results. uh, There's probably stuff I'm forgetting. So it's like, it's a very um, comprehensive suite of patient engagement solutions. Uh, We're also really excited in moving into Allied. Uh, It's early days. I'm I'm very happy that we've integrated with software such as Core Plus. Um, um, But what what we've focused on today is more um, bookings and in particular helping patients find access and hopefully match with the best possible provider. So it's possible to go to hotdoc.com.au or our app uh, and do a search for different types of providers by location um, and by other sort of filtering options. And and that's something that we're, we're, we're sort of it's, it's been getting off the ground for the last six months. Um, but the, the, the good thing about hot Doc is we have a captive audience of, of 9 million patients. Uh, and many of those we know are searching on hot Doc, but not always getting to see the health professional they're looking for. Um, so that's, that's probably the, the biggest focus that we have right now. Um, and then, you know, what we really hope we can do over time is, is really start to build that magic process. We understand that for psychologists and other health professionals, you, you can't always get that sense of therapeutic chemistry or a true understanding of whether um, a professional has, you know, exactly the right skill set um, to help a specific patient. So, so more and more, we want to start thinking about how we can help triage um, and, and help patients and, and providers connect more meaningfully. Um, but that's stuff that's probably for next year and beyond. 
Yeah, well, it's um, it's super exciting. I know when we've been talking uh, and getting to know each other with the integration with Core Plus, um, that sort of future states um, really, really exciting, um, especially given the evolving nature of um, the community's expectations around um, getting access to healthcare and then sort of moving through the journey of healthcare. Um, so I might touch on that in a moment, but I, I just want to cover off a little bit more about your your sort of current state. I think um, you've mentioned online bookings, your recalls, reminders, check-ins. You mentioned tests, test results. So that, that's got to be evaluating to the patient from an experience standpoint. Does that also incorporate um, scripts and um, and repeats? Uh, yeah, I did forget some uh, products, so I'm glad you <laughs> I'm glad you reminded. So yeah, we um we also help um patients uh get access to more transactional style healthcare without necessarily having to be uh to make an appointment in person or even telehealth. And sometimes, you know, if you're a patient like me, you might have asthma, you've been on the same prescription for the last 10 years, you know, you don't necessarily need that appointment but you do need your repeat script uh, approved by the, by the doctor. Um, so that's, that's also something uh, that we offer. And that's something that, you know, we think more and more, we think e-consults is going to become a larger component of um, general practice healthcare delivery, as well as um, within the wider profession. I've forgotten the other part of your question, but uh, yeah. So can you remind me again? Yeah, I, I will. There's one thing I want to clarify with you, though. Um, you also have something called a, a placing queue, um, and I'm, I'm sure that doesn't mean the suburb of queue in Melbourne. So um, what 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 does that feature do? Yeah, so uh, one thing that is frustrating to both patients and uh, reception staff is the sort of the opacity of knowing how long you might have to wait and when you might be seen. And often patients go back and forth to the front desk you know, two, three times uh, to ask, you know, how long is it going to be? And what we can do, we, we, we decided that we're not going to go the whole hog uh, and try and estimate when a patient might be seen just because it can vary tremendously from doctor to doctor. But what we can do is give a precise um output of when um of how many patients are before the next patient um so that's something that if you're in the waiting room it hasn't been set up by every single clinic but but for many of our gp clinics uh you can see you know if there are two people ahead of you um and for certain patients that can mean that you go and uh get a quick cafe latte down the road and come back um but if you're the next person to be seen maybe you are you wait for the doctor to come out first yeah that that Makes a lot of sense. So even if, for example, I'm showing up to an in-person uh, appointment, um, I may be uh, aware, be, be made aware then that perhaps I don't have to frantically rush and feel like I have to potentially, you know, drive a little bit faster or, you know, d- do some things under that stress of trying to get to the appointment on time, knowing that I've got an extra five or 10 minutes. And so, you know, that sort of helps me plan my time as well. Yeah, it's how, it's it's probably, we, we, we tend to prefer that patients use that when they're within the vicinity of the clinic um, because if we sort of tell them that there might be three patients ahead of them um, before they set out in their car, um, you know, it's possible that the two patients um, may have been no-shows. So it's more once you've checked into the waiting room or at least once you're in a position to check in because you're in the vicinity of the clinic. Um, But even then it does help patients to sort of not 
necessarily, you know, frantically kind of rush to make sure that they're there, um, gives them a little bit more time to to go down the road. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's just a nicer experience because it's really frustrating when you have zero idea of when you're actually going to be seen. Yep. Yep. And, and so, you know, I just want to cover those off because uh, I think that kind of represents those kind of, um, uh, routine business processes that all health providers need to offer, uh, customers, you, you sort of refer to it as the transactional nature, but you're doing it in a way that's, uh, more efficient, uh, more automated, um, less sort of, uh, required, uh, a person within the team to do these things manually, which means that you can sort of focus on improving other areas of the way that the healthcare service is, um, administrated and delivered as well. Mm. The second part of the question that um, you were touching on earlier was more about, you know, moving into this future state, like what does patient engagement look like in the future? And you sort of, Mm. you talked about access and you talked about matching in particular. Uh, And um, and how do you see that playing out? I mean, yes, we're sort of aware of some of the access challenges with mental health at the moment. Um, And I know that's one of the, the big opportunities, I think, for Core Plus Hot Dog to offer um, our community of users. Uh, uh, but tell me more a little uh, more about that kind of, you know, evolution towards the fu- future state of patient engagement when you think about access, matching and other types of um, possibilities there in your vision. Sounds good. So I'll put a bit of a futurism hat on here and try and think of, you know, what might be the state of the world in, in five years' time. Um, my sense is that uh, there will be more care that's delivered um, remotely and digitally. Um, and I think, you know, there's lots of things that suggest that that's the, the direction things are going. Um, I think things are going to be a little bit more condition specific. Uh, I think, for example, um, I spoke to a, a provider recently um, who is uh, an expert in um, ADHD assessment and, and diagnostics. And um, this person has has found a really, really innovative way to provide this service much more efficiently um, and not require that patients have to wait you know, three, six months to, to get an appointment. And and I think that that's sort of those, those innovative um, models are going to be more, um, more readily accessible. Um, and as a patient, you know, you might not just search and find a provider because they were either recommended to you um, or because, you know, you walk past their, their short corner. You, you might be able to sort of see that here's a, here's a provider that subspecializes in this specific area and they've had lots of really positive um, uh, recommendations or endorsements by, by peers and other patients. And you might even be able to access information about the outcomes that they've achieved. Um, so my sense is that, um, matching is going to become a more sort of personalized experience where if you are a specific type of patient and you have a very specific condition, um, then, you know, you're going to have more ability to, to find, you know, that, you know, that best possible provider for you. Um, and I think that that's sort of, that's on an individual level. I'm also really interested in, um, in how there might be, other modalities of healthcare, um, something that I'm quite interested at the moment is how urgent care clinics are cropping up. And I think what they are is they're a good sort of hybrid between the experience of either going to a GP clinic or going to an emergency department 
but when maybe you have a mild or, you know, semi-urgent need that doesn't require an emergency department, but maybe, you know, needs to be addressed sooner than you might get into a GP clinic, you know, that's where you go. And I think um, there'll probably be something downstream from the hospital where when perhaps a patient has recently been discharged or, you know, they have significant comorbidities and they're more likely to, to come back into the hospital system that will have some kind of care, um, you know, whether we want to call it remote monitoring or something else, but but where we can deliver that care in a way that means we're not having to require hospital beds, um, but we're also able to intervene before a patient does need to go back into the hospital. Um, so that's kind of like something that I'm quite excited about, the ability to more selectively match um, a provider or a care mob- modality to the specific patient's needs. And do you see that being um, an approach that can work in any of the verticals of healthcare or do you see it more amenable, for example, in um, mental health or digital mental health um, as opposed to um, uh, other parts of healthcare? I think it's every part of healthcare. I guess like um, surgery is probably the thing that is always going to require a certain level of um, you know, just in-person interaction. Um, but I think that any type of healthcare that where, where communication is, is a mainstay of that, the delivery of that. Um, I think that there is a huge opportunity to, to innovate and, and deliver it in a way that is more, um, deliver in a way that's more accessible and, and hopefully more effective. Um, you know, earlier you mentioned that you know, you, you reference that there's one-to-one um, healthcare delivery and one-to-many. And, you know, we've seen in the U.S. that um, there are different types of digital therapies where part of the treatment is that you are selected to be part of a, a group of people who might have pre-diabetes and there's a health coach and you can support each other in your journey to try and um, reduce the chances of progressing to diabetes. And just having that community forum is, is really is really powerful. Um, so I think that, you know, there's also really exciting developments with with how how care is delivered not just in um you know the the classic one-to-one traditional method but from you know one provider to many or even just you know within the cohort themselves yeah i i see that potential as well i think i think there's a lot of um interesting ideas evolving uh already in the market it just needs that kind of um a little bit of uh testing and validation of some of these uh ideas because there's there's quite a there's quite a number of tools out there that could enable some of this thinking uh, as well. Um, and, it, and it's interesting how it sort of touches on the idea of digital health um, and how that goes. Because I think fundamentally access is, um, is a big prize for digital health. I mean, the example I gave earlier around the phone call applies equally to people who are, if you make the assumption that um, you have to have a physical front door for somebody to walk in in order to access healthcare, you're going to alienate a subset of the population that just won't do that for whatever reason. Mm. And so, mm. you know, what does that part of the population need in order to engage with healthcare? And um, mm. and digital health says, well, you know, the front door is in the palm of your hands. It's called a smartphone, or it's on, mm. it's a, it's in your browser. Uh, so, mm. and they're kind of ubiquitous. So you've got a front door potential anywhere, anytime. Um, what you need now is to sort of, you know, um, build that into your service delivery model so that somebody is um, able to start the journey towards healthcare. 
um, yep. by entering the digital front door, yep. which which then leads to an intake process or, you know, a booking process, um, which could lead to a physical um, um, appointment. It could lead to an online appointment. It could lead mm. to um, a questionnaire. It could lead to a rating scale um, exactly. survey. It could lead mm. to a feedback around... Um, um, results, how are you feeling today, exactly. you know, better, neutral, worse. These are, these are ideas that actually do take a lot of the um, effort off uh, the health professional in needing to administrate those um, uh, collections and nurturing types of um, activities, um, but also simultaneously make it easier for the Absolutely. recipient of healthcare to uh, get things done. You know, is that kind of an overlay with that idea of what patient engagement might look like in the future, um, you know, from your point of view? Yeah, I just think it's just it's always going to be easier and more convenient to have one place you can go digitally in your pocket, which allows you to communicate with your treating team um, and, you know, gives them the opportunity to provide more innovative care models to you that doesn't necessitate those those in-person interactions. Um, so, yeah, definitely, definitely agree with everything you just said. That's great. Well, thanks, Ben. I really appreciate you coming along today and sharing your thoughts around uh, the journey with Hot Dog, transitioning from a health provider into a health tech um, entrepreneur, um, providing some great features for patient engagement today. And it's um, it's really exciting to see the uh, potential for that vision unfolding that you have for the organization as well. Uh, and I look forward to seeing um, seeing the Core Plus community benefit from the integration with Hot Dog. So thanks again, Ben. Absolutely. Thank you. And we're very excited to be working with Core Plus as well. So really appreciate you having me today. Thanks a lot, Yanni. You're welcome. Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Health Tech X, where we are working toward a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. If you'd like more info on how to get involved, head over to the website, healthtechx.com.au. Or if you have any feedback about the show, you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Instagram, or email by following the links in this episode's show notes. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to Reimagining Healthcare in your podcast app. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.